You know, today is kind of one of those uh, weird days where you get one of those weird juxtapositions. In the States right now, uh, House leaders and President Trump's legal team, they were debating back and forth as to the trial rules when it comes to the impeachment of the president. Meantime, on this side of the border, in this country, we're debating whether or not Justin Trudeau shopped at the right donut store. That, in a nutshell, is quite the juxtaposition, I think, between our two countries. Let's uh, welcome in uh, our friend Ed Keenan. He is, of course, now the Washington correspondent for the uh, Toronto Star, and he joins us to discuss the impeachment uh, trial here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Ed, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm well, thanks. Uh, Good to speak with you. Uh, Just bring us up to date, if you can, uh, right now. Uh, Basically, what they are trying to decide is the uh, rules moving forward here in the Senate when it comes to this impeachment trial? That's right. Uh, It's the first day of only the third presidential impeachment trial in American history. And so the senators who act as sort of the jury and the court have to make the rules every time. Uh, The rules prescribed in the Constitution are fairly vague, so the senators have to sort of vote on the rules. So right now what's happening is opening arguments uh, ostensibly on those rules about uh, how the trial is going to proceed and the schedule for it and whatnot. Although uh, Adam Schiff, the uh, House impeachment manager, sort of used his argument about that uh, to, to make kind of an opening statement using clips of the president to, uh, to sort of outline the case against him. And, uh, and the president's lawyers are right now, as we speak, uh, rebutting some of those arguments. Okay. Is the biggest source of debate here between the two sides whether or not witnesses can and will be called? That, that is the biggest source of debate, and it's, and it's basically the biggest cliffhanger uh, that still exists in this trial. Almost everyone uh, thinks that unless something earth-shaking and unforeseen happens, uh, the president's very likely to be acquitted here, that the Republican majority in the Senate uh, will not vote against him. Twenty Republicans would have to vote to convict him. Uh, but, you know, from the Democrats' point of view, uh, in, and from the Republicans, too, in the court of public opinion, whether or not there are live witnesses and whether or not those witnesses include people like John Bolton, the former national security advisor to the president, and um, Mick Mulvaney, the acting chief of staff to the president, who have direct knowledge, um, th- that could have a big influence uh, on how the public winds up seeing this whole thing in retrospect when they come to vote in November, on November 3rd. Uh, and so whether or not witnesses are going to be allowed is the big uh, question mark in the trial, and, and then if they are, what they're going to say. Uh, today, the, the rules that were proposed by Mitch McConnell, who's the, the Republican leader in the House, um, basically punt that question down the road. Uh, and so it's unlikely that the Democrats are successfully going to have any motion to to call witnesses past today. Uh, that question will be decided sometime after, next week after uh, after both sides spend a few days presenting their opening arguments, uh, and then they take questions from the senators. Yeah, well, normally during a you know regular normal trial, uh, Ed, you do call witnesses. You want to hear from uh, witnesses because the object of the trial is to get to the truth and what exactly happened to make an informed uh, decision, uh, to come to an informed uh, conclusion. But is uh, the Republicans' reticence to not call witnesses, is it because it's going to be harder uh, to vote, uh, do they think, in the president's uh, favor if uh, they start hearing from various uh, witnesses who might come forward with some damning testimony? 
I mean, I think so, uh, although, it, you know, even more so than how it might affect their vote is how it might affect uh, public perception of the president, right? The, the Republicans don't want this to be an embarrassing trial for the president, and so they're doing everything they can to make this uh, move as quickly as possible and to proceed to a vote that the president can point to and say uh, he was acquitted, he was exonerated. Um, if there's embarrassing live testimony that people get to see on television, uh, that's, that, sure, it will complicate the votes of some of the Republicans, but it, it probably wouldn't be enough, and I mean, unless it was really explosive, uh, it probably wouldn't be enough that, that, uh, that enough Republicans would vote to remove them. But it might be enough to uh, move the needle on public opinion. And I just wanted to add, uh, you said, you know, during a normal trial, we'd expect to hear from witnesses, right? That's, that's basically what most of our impression of a trial is. is sure. They call witnesses and they testify. Um, and that, that actually has the, been the norm in impeachment trials, too. Uh, the Senate of the United States says this is the 16th impeachment trial that they've, uh, that they've heard, two presidents and 13 judges in the past. Uh, and in all of those trials, there have been witnesses. And I, I spoke to some uh, legal experts in, in the United States last week who said that, yeah, basically, uh, it's not much of a trial if you don't have witnesses and evidence introduced. Well, not only no witnesses, but Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says he plans to give House impeachment managers just a couple of days, two days, to prosecute their case against uh, President Trump. I mean, is that enough time to get anything really substantively done? That's that's something that actually has changed just within the last uh, hour and a half while they've been making their arguments. Uh, they've moved that to three days. So it would give each side 24 hours, which is the same amount of time they had for their opening arguments um, during the Clinton impeachment trial. Uh, but initially he had said 24 hours over two days, which would mean since the trial begins at 1 p.m. every day, that would mean, you know, it would be wrapping up after bathroom breaks and whatnot at, you know, 2 in the morning. And the thinking there was that, uh, that not just to sort of rush it along, but also to, to put a lot of the testimony after people's bedtimes so that, and after, you know, news uh, deadlines come and pass so that, so that you, you know, the idea would be that a lot of that late-night argument and evidence would kind of be overshadowed, but um, possibly because his own caucus revolted. Uh, that's speculation, but um, it's hard to see why else he would change his mind. But uh, they've now changed that to three days for each side, uh, which would be eight hours of presentations instead of 12 hours, which seems a bit more reasonable. And let's be honest, with today's uh, limited attention spans, is anybody going to sit there and really watch? I mean, political junkies will, uh, of course, eight hours worth of uh, live testimony. But is this another uh, reason why they don't want witnesses because uh, they're worried about that soundbite that could go viral uh, online on uh, Twitter uh, in this day and age? Oh, I, I think absolutely that's it. It's that that one moment over eight hours of testimony, twelve hours of testimony, uh, can change everything about about how people think about it. But one thing, just it's interesting. Um, you were talking about limited attention spans, and I think the senators themselves, who are the jury here, are going to have their own attention spans tested because the the rules that have been adopted mean that they're not allowed to bring their phones in. They're not allowed to talk. They're not allowed to get up out of their seats. So they have to sit there listening quietly uh, for as long as this is in session, six hours a day, 
eight, eight or more hours. Uh, and so, you know, it, the cameras that are allowed in aren't giving us reaction shots, but it would be interesting, uh, yeah. you know, to sit in the gallery and watch uh, where the body language and the, and the attention span of the senators. Yeah. Why is it, by the way, I don't want to circle back to something you said almost uh, off the top, which was that they're deciding uh, on the rules because there is really no sort of set rules when it comes to an impeachment to hearing or trial. I mean, why is that? Does that not seem uh, a little bizarre that they sit there and settle on rules? Shouldn't there be an established set of rules? Yeah. Uh, and I mean, p- partly uh, there might have been a more established set of rules by now if this had happened more frequently throughout history. But I, th- I think uh, my understanding, after talking to various experts about it and, and doing a lot of reading about it, is that the framers of the Constitution, they wanted a mechanism to hold a trial in the Senate, but they thought that the senators, who they expected to be sort of sober-minded, uh, independent-spirited, uh, people who have the best interests of the country in mind, they wanted them to be able to, uh, to have the power to determine the shape that a trial should take, uh, assuming almost... That, that they would all want a fair trial for the good of the country. Um, and, and so because it hasn't come up that much, this is only the third trial for a president, uh, there haven't been a whole ton of formalized rules. Uh, one, one thing that is clear, though, is that it, it, the normal rules of sort of due process of how uh, criminal and civil trials proceed don't apply. Like They specifically don't. This is a... a a very special trial, and the Senate has all the power over it and how it and how it proceeds, which is apparently how those who wrote the Constitution wanted it to be. All right, just finally, Ed, is this really at the end of the day all for naught? I mean, should the layperson be paying attention uh, to this, or is this already fait complete? It's uh, decided. We know the Republicans are not going to vote in favor of impeachment, and really, uh, in the U.S., you're on one side or the other. It's such a polarized political environment there that people have pretty much already made up their minds as to uh, whether or not the president uh, has done anything wrong and should be impeached. I, I, I mean, I. I think it's a f- pretty fair bet uh, that the conclusion of this is not uh, is not complete, really all that much in doubt uh, that the Senate's going to vote to acquit him. Uh, I do think, uh, you know, and certainly from the Democrats' perspective, the value in pursuing it anyway is is to air out the question, right? And and there's an election coming up in November. The American people will get to make up their own minds. And as you said, it's, it's really polarized, not just among politicians, but among the public. Uh, uh, public opinion is, is really sort of dug in on those who really support the president and those who don't. Uh, but we have seen it move. Uh, the, the, the public opinion about uh, both the president's approval rating to a slight extent, but also whether or not the public thinks uh, he should be removed from office, thinks he did anything wrong here, did change after his phone call uh, became clear, like, and, and impeachment proceedings began. And so, I mean, I, I think ultimately in a democracy, the the voters out there are the ones who are going to make the final judgments. And I think this, even if the, the uh, vote uh, at the end of this impeachment process is already a foregone conclusion, uh, how it winds up affecting the votes of, of average people is still a bit of a question and especially if um, the Democrats succeed in getting live witnesses, it's hard to tell uh, how that would affect votes. All right. We'll leave it there for now. Ed, really appreciate you taking the time on what I know is a, a busy day. And good to speak with you, as always, my friend.
Anytime, Jeff. Thanks. There goes Ed Keenan, Washington correspondent for the Toronto Star.